Hey, I'm Sam. And I'm Lizzie. And we're queer people who love movies. This is Subtextual. It's the most wonderful time of the year. It's Oscar season, baby. Hey, Lizzie. Hey, Sam. How you doing? I'm great. This is like our Super Bowl. (laughs) It it is our superb owl. Our superb owl. (laughs) I finally get what people get like over the Super Bowl because this is how I get for the Oscars. It's like the only time we all get together and watch something because I don't even think we get together to watch the Super Bowl anymore. No, no. I mean, we get together to watch the Super Bowl halftime and then we disperse very quickly. Exactly. (laughs) No matter how bad it is, we're like, well, we have to watch the halftime show. Absolutely. Um, Today's a very, very special day for many reasons, but also because we have Lee Garcia on the mic. He's back. Hello. Uh, I'm uh, back uh, in studio. Thanks for having me. I know. We've been without him for a few weeks and it was a total mess. <laughs> yeah. Like, I think you could probably hear the difference. <laughs> I don't know. Some of the some of the best episodes have been coming out lately. You guys are doing good. That's bullshit. Yeah. You know thank it. you, Lee. That's very sweet. That's not true. <laughs> Lee's mic'd up today because he's going to deliver some very, very high value opinions <laughs> <laughs> for our conversation about the Oscars and our predictions. So we have... Um, a condensed version of the categories. We don't have all 26 or however many there is because we know you don't care. Mm. (laughs) So we've got the really good ones. And so we'll go over through each category who's nominated and then we'll tell you who we think is going to win. Not who we want to win. There will be a a different episode for who we believe deserves to win. Exactly. Because it's always different. This is for what we believe society will pick for us. But I'm such an like INFP that... I will always do poorly at the Oscars because I can't help but cast my allegiance mm-hmm. in my like, this is actually going to win ballot. So I'm probably going to lose out of all of us. <laughs> I'm pretty bad at guessing who's going to win, but hey. You're going to guess Kristen Stewart for category she's not nominated. <laughs> Best adapted screenplay, Kristen Stewart. <laughs> okay, so to kick us off, um, like Sam said, we're not doing every category, but we're doing what we consider our tops. Uh, Our first category is Best Adapted Screenplay. Nominated for this category is Coda, Drive My Car, Dune, The Lost Daughter, and The Power of the Dog. (sighs) This is a a fat stacked category. Mm -hmm. I would say any number of these films could walk away with it, but I'll kick us off. For my choice for this category, um, I chose Dune. Um, Mm. because I've never read the book, but from what I know about it, it's a huge universe. Yes. And even though it's going to be like a trilogy or whatever, I thought that they set up the rules of the universe, the characters really, really well. Like there was not a wasted scene, but I didn't walk away confused at all, which is really hard for a sci-fi universe. Yeah. And it's a note I've heard about the first Dune is that like everyone was super confused. (laughs) Who's who? What's Spice? Yeah. Who which Spice Girls which? As so. a person who's attempted to read that book several times, they have a glossary at the back yes. because the words are just so hard to understand, even in context. And now that you're mentioning it, yeah, like watching the movie, it was it all made so much sense. But mm-hmm. as a person who had attempted to read the book, I want to be very clear, I did not read the books. <laughs> the I just, asterisk yes, attempted. I, I attempted and... It did seem like they did leave a great deal out, which was to the benefit of the audience. I think it's what you have to do whenever you're adapting a book to a screenplay. You have to learn how to kill your darlings. Yeah. I think Dune is the only one in this category where I understand the original medium. 
I don't know what Coda was before. I don't know what Drive My Car was before. Mm. The Lost Daughter. I know Power of the Dog was a book, but I haven't read the book. Me neither, but I ordered it. <laughs> Power of the Dog? <laughs> so, yeah. Nice. It's on the way. I got a used copy. Um, Lee, I'm curious. What is your selection for this category? So uh, I had forgotten, or I guess I, I didn't really realize, Drive My Car, an adapted screenplay. But I think it's based on like a couple of different short stories or maybe yeah. a collection by Murakami. Do you guys know this like Japanese author? I don't. Real fast. Let me just see what he's written because you might recognize. Um, I know most, most recently uh, the movie Burning, which was like a Korean film that came out uh, maybe 2017 or something. That was based on a Murakami short story, Kafka on the Shore. That sounds familiar. Um, the Wind-Up Bird Chronicle. I haven't read any of this. I feel like his... you're improv making up really <laughs> pretentious titles. I they can't are tell quite if you're pretentious titles, right? I, so I haven't read anything he's written, but I do know people who are, you know, he, I guess he went through kind of a popularity phase in the mid tens, 2010s. Yeah. Um, but I did read a review, I think it was from uh, David Ehrlich, that was saying like Murakami's a great source material for screenplays because most mm. of the directors that have like adapted his his works have like taken a lot of liberties so i put drive my car for best adapted screenplay but i haven't read the original but i assume that there's a lot of liberties taken just from watching the movie but power of the dog as well i like mm. that perked me up when you said you got the book i would be very interested in reading that because uh there's a lot in that movie i don't want to go too long about it but um I imagine that could be a fun sort of a fun read, page turner in a way. Yeah, I think Jane Campion with Power of the Dog stayed really, really accurate to the book because mm. um, she even like spent time with the writer's family. The writer was the author was dead by the time that she picked up the book and optioned it. She met with the family in Montana and like did research on his life. So obviously a very good choice for this category as well. Yeah. Could you remind me, did Brokeback Mountain, and there's a lot of similarities between the two, that's why I'm mentioning it, but did Brokeback Mountain win adapted screenplay? Because it was adapted Ooh. from a short as that's well. A great question. I mean, it should have, right? Well, I don't it know. What came have. out that year? Let's see. Yeah. All right. What else came out? So yeah, Brokeback Mountain did win for best adapted hmm. in 2005. Nice. So that would be a cute little tie-in. Like, yeah, a little Obviously, indicated. we love gay westerns <laughs> yeah. as a society. <laughs> but Brokeback Mountain, I don't know the size of, of Power of the Dog, but I know Brokeback Mountain was like a leaflet's amount. It was very short. So very short. It could have won just because it, you know, extrapolated on the content matter a little bit more and took more liberties, where I feel like Power of the Dog's dialogue was fairly sparse. So yeah. it read it. It sounded more like um, literature in its delivery than I think any of these other ones did. I'm gonna say I was split with Lee. I was split between Drive My Car and Power of the Dog. So I saw Power of the Dog with Lizzie last week, and I was convinced it would sweep every single category. Mm -hmm. And then, like an idiot, I watched Drive My Car yesterday, <laughs> and it fucked up everything I had planned. So. I can't cheat and choose both because Lizzie said I can't do that anymore. You got to pick. I will do I will do Drive My Car. All right. So we got two for Drive My Car and I'm in Dune Camp. <laughs> I think that's a good, a very inspired Dune choice though. I like that. I didn't even think about that, but that is such a monumental work of literature and to adapt that into like a movie that people can just go watch in the theaters and eat a lot of popcorn movie, you know? Yeah, exactly. No, I think honestly, anyone in this category, if it won, I would be like, all right, work. 
Okay, we're moving right along to best production design. In this category, we have Dune, Nightmare Alley, The Power of the Dog, The Tragedy of Macbeth, and West Side Story. So I think this is a hands down, very clear winner. Mm. I'm curious wow. to think what you guys have to say, but this is going to Dune for me. Oh, okay. I think Dune is really sweeping technically this year. There's just not other films, I think, that are comparable with it. Uh, just based on the scale at which they're creating this world, I think Dune has it by a landslide. And you know, it would be an interesting tidbit about that being the winner is that most of the sets are virtual production enhanced. So the production designer there, I don't know their name, but would had to have worked really heavily in the digital sphere, which is very interesting and a super valid form of production design that we're getting into mm. uh, these days. So mm -hmm. I think that's a hella good choice. Those landscapes were sexy. Though they were hot. <laughs> hot. And all of the large scale stuff, like you're saying, could be a credit to visual effects, which I think they'll win that yes. category too. But they have a lot of scenes that are like in like close internal shots of like in like master's chambers sort yeah. of thing that I think are done really well. And the attention to detail of like everyone's rooms makes a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. So I think that's a great choice. Um, my choice for production design, this is going to get, I feel like I'm going to be saying this a lot. I'm going with power of the dog on this one. Mm -hmm. I mean, for the same reasons that Dune is so gorgeous with these massive landscapes. And then you're like going into these really small tiny rooms and inns and in the house and in the barn, like every prop, every piece of the set was so well thought out and the details were just amazing. And they built that house in the middle of nowhere, New Zealand during the COVID like pandemic, like they in the built middle, the house, they built that house. Wow. Like the, the interiors were shot on a soundstage, but the, the working stables and everything was something that they built for the production. And I just think that's a huge undertaking that I really, really appreciate. And it was gorgeous. Um, so Power of the Dog, yet again, is getting a vote from me. What you got, Lee? So there's definitely a, a few in this category that I haven't seen. Like, I haven't seen Dune. That definitely, from what you're saying, Sam, seems like a, a clear front runner. Um, wait, 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 wait. You haven't seen Dune? I haven't seen Dune. Like, on purpose? This is, yeah, I didn't let me explain. react to that. <laughs> it seems like this, Wait, what? Be right up my alley, yeah. Well, the thing was, like, I wanted to see it in theaters, and then I was just also kind of, like, afraid of COVID, so I, like, didn't go. Valid. And then I know it's probably still available to stream, right? But I just felt weird about streaming it, because it's like I should watch it in theaters, but now I, I guess I have no choice. Lee, you wear glasses. <laughs> I'm so surprised you haven't seen Dune. Wait, what? <laughs> you wear glasses and like button up shirts with sneakers. Like you are, I feel like you'd have seen Dune like market. <laughs> Day Wait, multiple times. Yeah. The first, the first night it opened. So. <laughs> Sorry, not to Dune, Dune shame you on the pod, but just, I couldn't believe that. Um, I also haven't seen West Side Story, which is, I'm maybe going to plan to see tomorrow. I, I don't know. Is that something that could, I marked that as possibly being a pr production design choice or how is the production design in that film? I saw the film. I saw it in theaters. I really enjoyed it, but I don't think they, I think they pulled yeah. all of the sets like straight from the original. Oh, wow. It was definitely cool. But as far, like when you have Dune and Nightmare Alley and all these other films on here, it's yeah. way less imaginative. Yeah. I did have Nightmare Alley as a front runner. I just, I really loved the carnival vibe. Like I think that I was talking to you guys, like the first half of the movie was probably my favorite. I do like the <laughs> mentalist stuff towards the end and the more uh, noir uh, feeling. But um, something I also learned recently is that 
they're doing screenings now in theaters of Nightmare Alley in black and white. Do you guys know about this? Huh. huh. It would actually work really well. Yeah. Apparently it does. But hmm. I didn't know. I was talking to friends about it. Apparently there's, I don't know if, so there's like some interview where, where Del Toro said that they shot parts of it. Like they maybe started shooting it in black and white. So some things were actually shot in black and white. But then they probably maybe somewhere along in the production were like, no, nah, this is going to be in color. So they just shot it. They shot the rest of it in color. Something like that. I don't know the article huh. that they were referencing. But so it seems like there was an intention and it could work because it's like that. But that's cinematography. We should talk about production design. Sorry. <laughs> um, it all ties together. Yeah. I'll throw my nom for Nightmare Ally just because I don't think it'll get many more noms from me at least uh, through the rest of the night. But uh, I just, there's something about the atmosphere of that, especially the carnival and the rain and the nighttime stuff. I really love that. Yeah. Yeah. Nightmare Alley does look really good. I think I was underwhelmed by everything else about that movie that it's hard for me to give it credit. I heard someone say about Nightmare Alley and and maybe even Licorice Pizza that their <laughs> gift is the nomination. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think after the Oscars end, like, the viewership on those films is going to stagnate. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's not a film. Neither of those films are ones I think I would ever return to or need to be returned to. It's like, great, saw it, over. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah they're you know. kind of like curios of that director's mm-hmm. like, work. You know, yeah. it's like Nightmare Alley, that's the weird, like, carnival noir one. Licorice pizza. I don't know how you describe that, but it's a very specific autobiographical question mark. <laughs> yeah, and and um, homeboy Anderson wasn't even nom for any of of French Dispatch, which I also feel oh, like wow. is a throwaway from his hmm. entire filmography. You're so right. I think I he did something that. to piss off the Academy. He pissed Had me off. Have. That movie sucked. You I can leave that. that in too, Lizzie. Editing this in a week. I'll leave it in. I hate I think it. The that people movie. need to know. It's bad, y'all. I'm glad it. I'm glad it didn't nom, and I'm also glad fucking House of Gucci isn't on this sheet right now, because those movies pissed me off. There's one nom for Gucci, right? Somewhere out there. Oh, like I think it's costumes. Or something. It's Hair, costumes or, or costumes, maybe. Yeah, something like that. One of those, which makes sense. Mm-hmm. The, if you don't get the costume nom for a movie about the creator oh, yeah. of a fucking fashion brand, you've not done a good job. Yeah. Hopefully they got it. I'm not going to double check it, but I'm pretty sure they did. All right. So our next category, a super fun one, and I think one that for me was really hard to choose and maybe for y'all as well, but that is Best Cinematography. Uh, In this category, we have Greg Frazier from Dune, Dan Lauston from Nightmare Alley, Ari Wegner from The Power of the Dog, Bruno Del Bonnell from The Tragedy of Macbeth. And Hanus Kaminsky from West Side Story. Awesome pronunciations, Lizzie. <laughs> Thank you. You yeah. sound like you could work for the, the Academy. That's so sweet. Wait, are you calling me a narc? <laughs> <laughs> You're a narc, yeah. I'm a narc. Um, I, I personally saw all of these films, and it did take me a little bit of time to make my decision with this one, but... In doing research and listening to interviews with Ari Wegner, I uh, ended up going with The Power of the Dog because... Mm. Again, like the production design, there was so much preparation, attention to detail, so many beautiful, iconic shots, but nothing that was like distracting or self-indulgent in this film. I think it spoke to Ari Wegner being a super clearly like motivated DP. You know, I'll always put women first, but in this case also, like if I didn't know the gender or the background of any of these DPs, I would say the power of the dog. So go Ari. As a person who didn't know the gender or even the names of any of these people, <laughs> I chose, I was split again between Dune and Power of the Dog. I'm either split between Power of the Dog and Dune or Power of the Dog and Drive My Car. In this case, it was <laughs> Dune. 
God damn it. I'm still like 50-50, but I do think I have to give it to Power of the Dog for one scene in particular, which is when he is braiding the rope and mm-hmm. the pulling against the waistband. That is just some, when I think of that movie, that's what comes to mind. And when I think of Dune, there's not a particular shot that I think of. Mm. So I will give it to Power of the Dog as well. Lee, what did you think? I love Power of the Dog. I think that's a great choice. Um, the the two that I have <laughs> written down are, again, movies I haven't seen. Dune, because I feel like the Academy likes to award uh, achievements in cinematography like mixed with visual effects. And I feel mm. like Dune would, is a good example of that. I, again, I haven't seen it, so I don't know. But I feel like that's a, a, a good... It's a good gut reaction, I think. Yeah. And then... I haven't seen Tragedy of Macbeth, but that trailer blew mm. me away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have to say, I saw Tragedy of Macbeth and every shot was a vision. Every mm-hmm. shot was so perfectly planned, mm. but almost to a fault for me. Like okay. it was a little too perfect, but gorgeous nonetheless. Yeah. I'm also trying to think of like when it's not like the Academy hasn't recognized black and white cinematography. Was it the piano? Maybe piano? Last? I don't know. Um, are you talking about Jane Campion? No, piano, no, excuse me, not the piano. Um, the, the pianist? The, oh, the, the one where they're the all artists? Like, the artist? The artist, the yeah. Artist. Did it win cinematography? I know it won Best Picture for sure. It seems to me like there was like a million black and white films this year, right? Like way more than normal. There's always one or two every couple of years. It like researches in popularity for some reason and yeah. then it goes away. But I do think Nightmare Alley would be so much better on black and white. I agree. I wish they would have done that. Lee, why'd you have to tell me that? <laughs> Now you got to go back and see it. It's I'm too long to watch again. Set. It's pretty long. No, thank Someone, you. Someone, uh, there is a great Letterboxd review from David Sims. He says, like, Nightmare Alley, more like Nightmare Highway. This movie's long. <laughs> the hours, more like the weeks. <laughs> oh, apparently the Oscar used to be separated into black and white cinematography All and right. color cinematography up hmm. until the 60s. Wow, that is um, interesting. But Roma won Best Cinematography uh, in 2018, and that was in black and white. Deserved. Nice. Gorgeous. Much deserved. Yeah, much deserved. Well, okay, I'll go ahead and say, uh, for this one, I'll say Dune. I think Dune might get it. All right. Damn it, Lee, if you're right, and I almost picked it, I'm going to be so pissed. <laughs> you're going to be mad no matter what. All right. Okay, let you, that sound is us scribbling on our scoreboards. <laughs> Everyone's like... Okay, moving right along to Best Foreign Film... Uh, so for best foreign film, we have Drive My Car from Japan, Flee from Denmark, The Hand of God from Italy, Lunana, A Yak in the Classroom from Bhutan, and The Worst Person in the World from Norway. This is one I feel like so confident about, but if they do a bait and switch with me, I'm going to hurt somebody. I swear to God. I think that this one will go to Drive My Car in the off chance that Drive My Car wins best picture. I think it will go to Flee. But for now, I will say, drive my car. It is so good. This film is probably one of the most satisfying movies I've seen in a very long time. They don't build things up with the intention of paying them out. It seems just so satisfying in the way that you sit with these characters for such a long time and you learn things in very creative ways of storytelling about them. So when you see these things come to fruition, it's just so completely satisfying. Like it it felt like my brain got a massage Mm. and maybe it's the edibles I took when I watched this film, (laughs) but I didn't know at what point I was supposed to be crying. So I felt like I was crying the whole time. You told me you were laughing 
the whole time. I was also laughing at Laugh parts crying. I should not have been laughing at. I was the only one in the theater laughing. So I was like, okay, this is definitely incorrect. So if you watched this movie and you laughed, like, could you hit me up? Because I felt like I was kind of losing my mind. Should I be laughing? I don't know. I'm laughing anyway. Yes, exactly. What do you think, Lizzie? You know, listening to y'all go on and on about Drive My Car, because I'm the only one in this room right now that hasn't seen it, and I'm planning on going to see it tonight. Um, I originally had the worst person in the world, um, the Norwegian selection for this category, but now I'm like, it's got to be Drive My Car, because to be honest, I don't think it'll win Best Picture this year. Um, I don't think we'll have another parasite on our hands. I don't know why I think that, but... um, so yeah, I'm also going to go with Drive My Car, and I'm super excited to see it tonight, because the hype is real. Like, everyone I talk to that's seen this movie, whenever they talk about it, they get this, like, little glint in their eye, and I'm like, oh, damn. <laughs> if a three-hour movie is something you can love, it must be fucking good. It's three hours, you guys. Just know that before going in, because I had to use the bathroom an insane amount of times. They should put an intermission so you don't accidentally <laughs> miss something good. Exactly. Yeah. All right, Lee, what you got? Definitely drive my car. Nice. With you guys. Uh, just a quick short for it. Uh, I just felt like, at certain parts of the movie, I felt like my brain was screaming. I was just like, oh my God, this is so like good. Like happy scream or like, like I'm yeah, scared? Just like thrilling, but it's not like a thrilling movie. Yeah, I don't know. It's hard to describe. It's, But yeah, I was talking to Sam about it. It kind of is a movie about foreign languages, um, and not being able to necessarily understand a spoken language, but inferring emotion. And, you know, I think in the movie, he's trying to put on this play and all of the actors speak different languages. That's by design. And there's some scenes where they talk about that. And it's just interesting. I mean, so that, so that is part of the movie. That's not all of it, but, you know, it's a, it's a featured part and it's kind of, you know, per the category. So. Hmm. Yeah. And like you're saying it made your brain scream and it made my brain feel like it got a massage. But like they really do set you up for so many different things and the payout is huge, but it doesn't feel contrived in any way. Like Hmm. you don't see any of it coming. It just really feels like what it's like to be a human being. Like, you know, something unfortunate happens to you when you're alive and you don't understand why or for for what effect it's going to have on the rest of your life. And then it kind of shows itself in a few years or so it's like it's kind of karmic like yeah, this like whole cyclical. movie exactly um mm. and just to talk about best foreign film which i think is the name of the category currently right yeah i think i don't know when it switched from foreign, foreign language, language film. i don't know Pretty yeah internet was there ever international features i don't know yeah there's been a because wasn't there a year sorry this is off topic but no, no like please. art it's... direction production design like sound editing sound design i think it's just called best Sound now, right? Is that what the category is this year? Best sound? Yeah, it's just sound. So they change it up every once in a while. They'll change um, categories. And wasn't there a year where there was no production design or no art Probably. award? I don't know. Maybe and, in the beginning. Oh, there was a year, yeah, where they took a technical uh, field out and everyone got pissed. I think it was production design. Yeah. yeah, and they put it back really quietly. It was in like the last like eight years or so because, yeah, it definitely happened. But the reason that I'm upset like upset with the foreign film, international film, whatever byline it's going by now, is that it does not mean what you would think it means. It still means foreign language. 
So things like Belfast, things like Power of the Dog, mm-hmm. things that were very much not shot in this country are still applicable for Best Picture and do not fall into the category of foreign film simply because they're, they're speaking English. Yeah, it's still like a non-English film. Yes. Which is really othering and really mm. obtuse. Yes, it's. It, I feel like it's super fucked up. I don't like it at all. And I wish they would just call it what it is rather than trying to appease people and ending up confusing people, which is what happened to me. Yeah. I feel like we just need to be recognizing films and media from other countries more, which, to be honest, um, there was a moment during the pandemic. Wow, this is really off topic. Um, There's a moment during the pandemic where I like clicked on a show to watch. I was like, oh, this looks good. And it was just like comedy, uh, lighthearted. And I was like, great, let's watch it. And it ended up being in Spanish. And I was like, wow, they did not market this as like a Spanish language film at all. They intentionally... And this is on Netflix. They intentionally left that off. I'm sure because they were like filling the gap of what COVID was giving us when, you know, productions weren't going on as readily by like bringing in stuff from their like Netflix overseas. But since then, I've noticed like a huge influx of like everyone was obsessed with fucking um, Squid Game. Squid Game. Everyone was obsessed with Squid Game. And I, I think American audiences are finally being exposed to stuff from other countries. Um which I think is interesting. And I've seen a lot of great stuff. Yeah. Uh, y'all get what I'm saying. Yeah. I want to read this this thing because it reminds me of um, what you're mentioning about just like picking a film regardless of the language. It reminds me of what Bong Joon-ho said when he accepted the award for best director for Parasite. Uh, was it last year or the year before? Once you overcome the one inch tall barrier of subtitles, you will be introduced to so many more amazing films, which I think really like speaks to what you're trying to say. All right, moving right along to another probably heated category. We've got the award for Best Director, and we have Paul Thomas Anderson for Licorice Pizza, Kenneth Branagh for Belfast, Jane Campion for The Power of the Dog, Steven Spielberg for West Side Story, and Drive My Car, Ryusuke Hamaguchi. Okay, I feel like Steven Spielberg just got the nom because he's Steven Spielberg. Um, Just to make everyone else in the category (laughs) fucking sweat. (laughs) And just to be perfectly clear, I did not watch Belfast. I was never going to watch Belfast. I will never watch Belfast. This movie, I saw the trailer and it made me irate. It made me laugh. I was telling Lee, like, I shut it off because I thought it was a joke. Like, you told me you thought it was like an SNL trailer. I thought it was a parody. (laughs) Because everything about the trailer is like... I'm from Belfast. And then they shoot to like a little kid running down the alley. In and like they're like black screaming the boy's name, like, get back here, Stefano, or whatever. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. I'm, I'm just, I did not buy it, not for a second. So I don't care if that film is good. I literally don't care. It doesn't get any of my recognition. <laughs> um, so <laughs> I said I was going to be repetitive. And yet again, I'm choosing The Power of the Dog. Jane Campion is a fucking. She's number one. I don't know who's better. She's amazing. This film was perfectly directed. It was fucking weird. I saw it months ago and the other day, and I still can't get it out of my head. She could not have done better with this. It's a fucking weird and amazing film. So I hope Jane gets it. I completely agree. I think that there's a very low chance that Drive My Car will pull a parasite this year. I think that with the trajectory of Power of the Dog, I think Jane Campion's time is up. Like, I think that she is well-regarded by the Academy, and I think that she is more poised than ever to to win this category, especially amongst her peers and amongst the, the other Best Picture nominees. I think that she will win. Yeah, she could not have presented a more 
put together and well done and well directed film. She really couldn't have. Yeah, her stars have aligned this mm-hmm. year, and I would be completely surprised yeah. if she lost. And people who don't even watch like dark Western drama movies like this are eating this film up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what about you, Lee? Yeah, um, I don't know. So I have Power the Dog and Drive My Car. And I just, I also want to parrot what uh, Sam said. I do think, I think Power the Dog's got this. I think that's what's going to win. There's like scenes in Power the Dog, really intimate, quiet moments where, and this, I don't think I've ever felt this before, but it's like, I, I felt like I wanted to stand up and get really close to the screen, like to hear it. And to, I was like, it felt like it was pull, really pulling me into the screen. And by the same feeling, Drive My Car had a lot of like very, it's got a very slow pace. And I think, you know, you could have edited this or shot this in a different way that um, would have been more efficient for storytelling. But because it lingers so long, and I think that's a choice of a director, you know, the editor can cut away, but the director is the one who leaves that space in there. And I really felt that in Drive My Car. So that's kind of my favorite. But I think Jane Campion will and should win power, for Power of the Dog. Well said. I agree with all of that. I haven't even seen Drive My Car, and I agree. <laughs> <laughs> okay, give me a moment. Okay, too. wait. Can I also just say, Paul Thomas Anderson, fuck you for Lady's <laughs> Pizza. That movie was so indulgent. The Paul only Thomas good thing Anderson, about it was the Heim sisters. You are fucking lucky. You count your fucking days. <laughs> You bitch. You shouldn't be sitting here right now. You, you're friends with somebody who got you a mm-hmm. ticket. I hate you. I am fans. I'm a fan of you, like, in general. But this spot should have gone to so many other films. I'm sorry. That was a waste. I don't want to say I hate Paul Thomas Anderson, you know, when I become a humongous celebrity. And that's taken out of context. And I can't work a day in Hollywood. I want to be clear. The Master is one of the best films I've ever seen. And every day of your life, you've been trying to top it. Baby, take a break. Take a season off. Like, you don't have to keep showing up. Yeah, go to TV. Figure out what you want to do. But this is not it. And this is embarrassing. John Tucker, it is not him. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, that's just how he said it. (laughs) John Tucker must die, but it's Paul Thomas Anderson. (laughs) Paul Thomas Anderson must die. (laughs) Okay, so moving right along. Wait, I need to circle my thing. <laughs> Could have done that in silence. <laughs> okay, is everyone done doing their silent actions? Yes. Uh, moving right along to best supporting actor. So we have Syrian Hines for Bel- Belfast. <laughs> we have Troy Kotsor for Coda, Jesse Plemons, Power of the Dog, J.K. Simmons being the Ricardos, and Cody Smith McPhee, The Power of the Dog. I think Cody fucking deserves this one. I think Jesse Plemons did a fantastic job as well, but unfortunately his character just was not as complex or more central in the story as Cody Smith McPhee's was. So he's getting my vote. Mm. That's a good choice. Um, I appreciated that Jesse Plemons got the nom because I think it recognized what a great actor he is because he did do a lot with his role. And though the role, I think you're totally right, wasn't enough, especially next to Cody Smith McPhee to win the Oscar this year, I think we're recognizing Jesse Plemons as like a fucking, he is going to be one of the top dogs in Hollywood any day now. Mm-hmm. I love seeing him in fucking anything. Um, so my selection is something really different, and I really, 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 really want this person to win, though I don't think they will. I'm still going to choose him anyway, but I choose Troy Kotzer from CODA. 
So I think I'm the only one in this room to watch CODA, and I kind of just put it on one night last week. But like many of the films here that I just tried to put on in the background, it drew me in like instantly. And particularly this actor, he plays, um, he's a deaf actor, and he plays the father of a woman, a young woman in high school, who's the only hearing person in her family. Um, he's a He's like a fisherman struggling to like make ends meet. Um, and fun fact, his wife is uh, Hottie Marley from The L Word, who played Jody. Oh, you're talking about Marlene Matlin. Marlene Matlin was yeah. the um, the wife, who is she is so good as well. She's so hot. What a great Jesus. family that was. Oh my god, she's so hot. This is um, why I didn't watch this movie. That makes sense. I wasn't ready to feel these ways that I feel about Marlene Matlin. I definitely, if y'all ever need like a good pick me up movie, Coda is it. It is. I thought it was going to be like a kind of throwaway for like, oh, this is a movie about deaf people. Let's give them some like sympathy noms. But when I watched this movie, I was like, no, this is a fucking good movie. It's well constructed. The acting really carried all of it because it's not a film that like broke any barriers. Like it's just like kind of a feel good drama. But the acting was done with such commitment. And this actor in particular was so funny. His face and his energy, because he's signing the whole movie. There's whole conversations that are just in signs and with no music or anything. So you're really getting the feel and the rhythm of uh, American Sign Language. I just loved it. He was great. I would love, love, love for him to win. I looked him up after I saw the film and I was like, what else is he in? And he he hasn't really done too much work. Um, so the fact that he kind of came from last working on um, number 23, which is that Jim Carrey oh. movie like <laughs> over 10 years ago. Like he kind of does like little character pieces where they need a deaf actor. But this is finally a role where he gets to shine and show that like, no, he's he's really good. He knows what he's doing. He had heart. He had humor. He had anger. I thought it was a great, great, great role. So I really hope he wins. What about you, Lee? All right. Uh, for my <laughs> best supporting actor, um, I really liked Cody Smith McPhee. I think that's probably my favorite to win. But I feel like I, I also haven't seen Belfast, and you couldn't pay me to watch it. Like I'm not, <laughs> I don't think I'm going to see it just because I've heard enough. I wasn't interested in that. I've heard enough people be like, "Why did I waste my time watching this?" But there's. <laughs> No one's wanted to watch it. I haven't met a single person who's watched it. <laughs> There's got to be a reason why it's nominated so much. Yeah, like, it's fucking Oscar bait. And yeah, I think, it's complete bait. I think it's, I mean, I don't, actually don't even know. Ciaran Hines, I don't know who he is, but I'm guessing, is he like the little boy of huh. Belfast? I think, I think he's going to get Best Supporting Actor. That's your vote? <laughs> Remember when being It's not super... my vote, I guess, but no, it's my prediction. It's, an older it's my guy. Oscar prediction. Oh, look, oh. Small guy. Does that it's change it for guy. you? Oh, actually, he's a really good actor, but in Belfast, I don't know. Um, J.K. Simmons being the Ricardos? I mean, he wasn't. I've I watched Being the Ricardos. Have you guys seen it? I watched has. the first half. And yeah. Then I had to it's turn like, it off. Yeah, it's not terrible, but they're a better supporting actor. Um, like, what's the. I can't remember his name, but the guy who plays Buster. From um, Arrested oh, Development. Um, yes. He was really good enough. Okay, I'll go ahead and say, I'm going to say Sierra Hines as my prediction, just because I think Belfast is probably going to win something, and I don't want it to win anything else. <laughs> uh, you stay right there. You stay right here in supporting <laughs> actor. <laughs> I remember back in the day when being really young and in these categories meant something, and mm -hmm. then um, that 
kid from Beast of the Southern Wilds was oh, nominated yeah. at like four, and everyone mm-hmm. was like, fuck, we can't beat that. Well, she's from Homa. There's yeah. a sign when you drive into Homa that says, like, home of, uh, I forgot. Kavinjane? Yeah, home of Kavinjane Wallace. Yeah. <laughs> We're, no one's going to beat that. No one's getting younger than yeah. her. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, next category is Best Supporting Actress. We've got Jesse Buckley from The Lost Daughter, Ariana DeBose from West Side Story, Judy Dench from Belfast, <laughs> Kirsten Dunst from The Power of the Dog, and Ian Janae Ellis from King Richard. Okay. Oh, this was this category I f- have so many feelings about. All right. Mm-hmm. So my vote goes to Ariana DeBose from West Side Story. She plays mm. um she plays Anita, which is Maria's brother's girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Are you familiar with West Side Story, like in general? No, but I understand why you'd say that. Okay. Um, so when the original West Side Story came out, it like fucking rocked the Oscars that year. It won like 10 plus things. And one of the awards that won was Rita Marino, who played the same role of Anita, mm-hmm. won Best Supporting Actress, so same category. My mom's obsessed with her. She is so... Amazing. Very captivating. So captivating. Amazing dancer. Gorgeous. Perfect. And and she also gave a very, like, heavy dramatic performance. And whenever I sat down to watch West Side Story, I'm a musical lover. I love West Side Story. I was very skeptical when I was like, why did this need to be redone? And in my back of my mind, I was like, why do we need another Anita? We had the perfect Anita. Until fucking Ariana DeBose. She lights up the screen. She was the perfect dancer, amazing voice. She, her eyes are so big and beautiful. Like, she was the number one reason I liked that movie. Coming away from it, she's the only face I remember. She's the only voice I really liked. Um, it would be so poetic if Rita Moreno won and then Ariana won also. So she's definitely my choice. I mean, Jesse Buckley in The Lost Daughter... She did a great job. It was a very difficult role. Super interesting. Kirsten Dunst also did a lot with Power of the Dog. I didn't see King Richard, and I refused to watch Belfast. So, um, But that's the clear winner to me. She was just – she's just shimmers, dude. She's like – she's got this star quality, and I hope she goes on to, like, star in fucking everything. I love her. I'm following her now. <laughs> Ariana, I'm following you. So you're in a relationship with her. <laughs> I'm in a relationship with her. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I, that's also my vote for this one. I oh, think really? I was semi-tempted to consider Kristen Dunst, but unfortunately, like Jesse Plemons, they performed at 100%. I think their role, however, was just smaller than others in their cast. Um, so I also throw my hat in for Ariana DeBose. Let's go. Lee? Yeah, I had Kirsten Dunst because, uh, because yeah, I think she was great in the movie. I really liked the movie, and uh, I think it's also maybe like it's a it's maybe the time for her to get get an award at this point in her career. Um, but after hearing you guys bang the table for Ariana DeBose, and I'm gonna see this movie tomorrow. I think I'm I'm really excited to see it. I'm gonna have to throw my vote for that. It's definitely a good choice. I gotta say. Next category is Best Actor. We have Javier Bardem for Being the Ricardos, Benedict Cumberbatch for The Power of the Dog, Andrew Garfield for Tick, Tick, Boom, Will Smith for King Richard, and Denzel Washington for The Tragedy of Macbeth. Ooh, fat. Uh, So while my heart is with Benedict Cumberbatch, I am a little annoyed that he did not do a better accent. And we talk about that. (laughs) 
uh, when we, we have a power of the dog episode coming up. So (laughs) we do touch on all of these things that we feel about power of the dog in greater detail. So don't feel like we are withholding any information, but I do touching on what I had said about sometimes you just pay your dues and it's the right time. I do believe that Will Smith could win for King Richard. Okay. Did you see the film? No. <laughs> Did you see it, Lee? No, I haven't. Oh my gosh, we need like a correspondent for King Richard. Because yeah. Will Smith, I believe, didn't win for seven pounds or for... Pursuit uh, of happiness? For pursuit of happiness or for any other, like, right? I yeah, he's got some good performances that... He's never he's never won an, an Oscar, right? Am I mistaken? I don't... Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He's yeah. Just, he was nominated for Ali in The Pursuit of Happiness, but never... Always a nomination, never a bridesmaid. <laughs> never a bridesmaid. <laughs> so I think Benedict Cumberbatch did a fantastic job. I really hope that he wins. I think Will Smith could take it because he, quote unquote, deserves it and it is his, t- his time to win. But I'm going to put my bet on Cumberbatch. Mm-hmm. Mm. On Cumberbatch? I know. I just switched it up. I'm sorry. You just switched it? <laughs> Saying it out loud, like looking at yeah. it. I think that there is like a 60% chance Will Smith could win, but I do think that Benedict Cumberbatch is also, he has not won an Oscar. Yeah. So it is, could also be seen as his time and he did a fantastic job. It's an iconic character too. Yeah. Okay. I'm going Benedict Cumberbatch. Final answer. Final answer. (laughs) You know, it's funny is I just had like the opposite existential crisis as you. I had Benny Cumberbatch as my choice, but sitting here, for some reason, my heart won't let me say anything but Denzel Washington from The Tragedy of Macbeth. Uh, I saw that movie last night expecting to be so bored and not interested at all. (laughs) But when Denzel and Frances McDormand, for that reason, when either of them were on screen, I was like glued, could not blink, could not move. I I love Denzel. I've been a huge fan of his. I don't know if he's ever won any awards. He's I don't, won several. He's won several. It says he's won two Academy Awards. For I what? didn't. I didn't know this. And uh, I, I thought he had did won. Did he win for that movie with Ethan Hawke that I love? Training um, Day. Yeah. Yes. He did, he won. Oh, I knew he won for role. that. But he apparently won for oh supporting actor for this movie called Glory in '89. Hmm. Before okay. that. So he's gotten some awards, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, th- sorry. There's a reaction gif of from the movie Glory. I haven't seen the movie, but I know the reaction gif. I don't know what war it is, but it's like, it's a war. And he's just like screaming like, ah! that's the reaction gif is him like <laughs> I in terror or something. Yeah. So. Uh, the, the reason I know Denzel Washington has won a good amount of Academy Awards and has been nominated a bunch is because I think it was his first Academy Awards expect excuse me, acceptance speech Mm. when he got up on stage and he signals to Sidney Poitier, who Mm. has since passed, rest in peace. He says, Sidney, I'm always chasing after you. Oh, I just got chills when he said that. It's very sweet. I I would be happy if he won again. I just don't know. I just don't know. I just don't know either. Honestly, I'm like 51, 49, and I could probably wake up tomorrow and kick myself for not choosing Benedict, but... Something is just telling me just he's when he was on screen, I hit the magnetism for me personally was so there. You just think he is hot, Lizzie. He is hot, but <laughs> he's true. he's only gotten better with age. You know, some actors don't age well. Brad Pitt has not gotten a better actor with time. But I think Denzel, with every role, 
gets better and better and better. And I think the same could be said for Will Smith as well. He's had some really, really surprising, and he's been in like every movie in the genre. He was a fucking genie painted blue for God's, <laughs> for God's <laughs> sakes. He's done it all. So it's probably going to be Will Smith, but I, I'm a justice chooser and I choose Denzel. So there. But maybe Benedict. We'll see. I don't Lee, know. I'm so yeah. curious what Lee's going to say. Yeah, maybe both you'll of change us my went mind. off the fucking rocker no. on this one. So having learned that. Well, I didn't realize Denzel has two Oscars already. Uh, so it's, you know, maybe it's more unlikely that he's not going to get a third one. But, and again, I haven't seen the tragedy of Macbeth, but I'm really excited to see his performance and I've heard good things. And I mean, why shouldn't he get three Oscars? Like yeah. he's, he's a great actor. So why not? Yeah. that was my original choice. Maybe I'm a little uh, cautious now learning that he like, will they award him again? But I feel like the buzz I've been hearing about the tragedy of Macbeth is like, uh, like a, a a career rebirth or something. You know, mm. like I don't know. I mean, he's always been amazing. So yeah, he's barely gone anywhere, but he's back. <laughs> <laughs> don't call it a comeback. <laughs> that being said, Benedict Cumberbatch. I just want to say he did amazing. So don't Lizzie. I don't. <laughs> I will qualify. Take, no, I will hear nothing you say about Benedict Cumberbatch as anything I but a complete bias. I'm so biased. That's why I'm hesitant, I'm hesitant to choose him because okay. I've been a fan of him for so long. Listener, I should have mentioned this in the Power of the Dog episode, which you haven't heard yet. But <laughs> <laughs> Lizzie, when I told her that I listened to ASMR to go to sleep, she said, yeah, I listened to this recording of Benedict Cumberbatch reciting this poem and it just puts me right to bed. Right to sleep. His voice is everything. I just want you guys to know that her love for him goes deep. It even goes into the character of Smog, <laughs> the dragon from The Hobbit. <laughs> All right. Next category is for Best Actress. Um, this category includes Jessica Chastain for The Eyes of Tammy Faye, Olivia Coleman from The Lost Daughter, Penelope Cruz, Parallel Mothers, Nicole Kidman, Bing the Ricardos, and Kristen Stewart from Spencer. Wait, this is just a list of all the women I'm married to? <laughs> when did that get mixed up in this PDF? You're like, so sorry, so unprofessional. <laughs> wow, These so are all my girlfriends. Oh my <laughs> They're printed with a bunch of hearts around their names. I just got to say, looking at this category makes me so happy. What a fucking powerhouse of some of the best and my personal favorite actors in the entire biz. Like, good job, everyone. We finally got on the same page. <laughs> that being said, I didn't even have to blink, didn't have to question... Kristen Stewart gets my wholehearted support for this category. Mm -hmm. I don't give a fuck how good y'all think everyone else is. She could not have done a better job. And it is a shame that this film did not get any more nominations. Fuck you, Academy. Spencer was the best movie I saw in 2021. And I am so, so, so mad it got snubbed for production design, editing, score, what director, about director, best picture, mm -hmm. all. Adapted screenplay or screenplay. I don't give a fuck. It should have been on this list a million times more. And I'm mad. I'm fucking mad. <laughs> you can imagine Lizzie lighting a Molotov cocktail right now. She's pissed. And hurling it at the Academy. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. I Go Case Stu. I completely agree. I think Case Stu is my favorite to win. And I'm manifesting her to win. So I will say today that that is who I believe will win. But I think that there is a chance Jessica Chastain for the eyes of Tammy Faye could take it, in which case I'll be disappointed. Mm. But I think it's an honorable mention because there is a reality in which that happens. Unfortunately, that movie was not good. I will never watch it again. I watched it solely for her and she delivered 
but never again, Chastain, shall you betwixt me this way. Stop <laughs> making bad movies. I don't want to watch them. Well, just stop putting Andrew Garfield opposite of people. <laughs> <laughs> he's in like every single movie that's nominated this I year. I know. What the fuck? <laughs> but he's always like a gross weirdo. Um, also, I saw Parallel Mothers and The Lost Daughter. And I got to say, both of these women played highly complex characters and they should definitely be recognized for the work that they put in to what is a very, very simple characters for both that they took to, like, levels 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. Like, honestly, if any of these women win, except for you, Nicole Kimmon, I love you, but that was atrocious. Um, <laughs> you know I what you've done. Happy. You know what you've done. Lucy would be rolling over on Hug Right. I want right. Olivia Coleman. Yes, Lucy Ball is done. Yeah. Uh, I want Olivia Coleman to win just so we get another acceptance speech because yeah. her last one was fantastic. <laughs> so I, good. I'm so tempted to make us watch it again, but... I don't think we have time. Uh, that's all I have to say. Olivia Coleman, I love you, but you're going to play like 17 more queens yeah. before I die. You're going to have another chance at this. <laughs> exactly. Lee? Yeah, I had Olivia Coleman because I haven't seen The Lost Daughter, but that's kind of the reason I want to see it. And again, we just talked about this with the last category, but like she won recently for uh, Best Actress, right? Was that for The, the Favorite? favorite. Mm-hmm. Which she so nailed. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Supporting Actress. Um, so, Oh, Supporting, okay. But yeah. Oh, okay. I don't know. I'm going to go with Olivia Coleman just because I think that also makes me want to watch The Lost Daughter. But I don't, you know, I don't know. Um, there's also something in me that that thinks like the Boomer Academy is going to give it to Nicole Kidman. I think that, that's really? not that's not my choice. But I think that <laughs> she stands to. I don't think she has an Academy Award yet. So this is like it just seems like it's checking all the boxes for some old people. But yeah. Uh, and I, I'll say this, I, I liked her as um, Lucille. I think she did a great job as Lucille Ball, but I don't think it was like the best actress performance or anything. Mm-hmm. She's just done so much better. Yeah. I mean, oh. Nicole Kidman's such a powerhouse and she's in like every movie of all time. And this is just not the one for her. She'll do better for sure. I do want to correct myself and say that Olivia Coleman won best actress. So oh, okay. For the favorite. Yes. For the favorite, not supporting. Okay. Yeah. Mm. I mean, if... I know we're not supposed to compare, but no, whatever. We're supposed to compare. <laughs> Lost Daughter was, for me, her performance was not as, she didn't have as much to work mm. with as she did in The Favorite. And Kristen Stewart fucking, again, what a performance. Holy fuck. Holy fuck. Holy fuck. And again, why isn't fucking Sally Hawkins on this Best Supporting Actress list? I, feel I like, want answers. Sorry. I was going to say, I also feel like Kristen Stewart of the nominated is kind of like the underdog pick, right? Absolutely. Yeah. That would be a really amazing win. And I bet an amazing speech to yeah. see happen. She'd I'm kind of gunning for this. <laughs> Girl, she's not even going to be there. It's going to be like a pre-recorded speech. She's like, oh, I, um, yeah, I, I forgot. I Sorry, I'm chilling on a catamaran with six models. <laughs> Anyways, thanks. This is pre-lit. <laughs> yes. And I'd be like... That's my girl. (laughs) All right, folks. This is the moment that you've all been waiting for. Lizzie and I and Lee have watched a combined amount of over 20 films for this episode. And this is the best picture, baby. Best picture, baby. We've got Belfast, Coda, Don't Look Up, Boo. Boo. (laughs) (laughs) I should be delivering these unbiased. I'm sorry, but that movie sucks. Drive My Car, Dune, King Richard, Licorice Pizza, Boo. Nightmare Alley, The Power of the Dog, and West Side Story. 
Oh my god, I'm dying. What is your choice? We've been okay. Wait, we if, hang out every day, but we can't talk about our opinions on these movies. So I we just hang out in silence, in silence, <laughs> utter silence. What if it's unanimous? <gasps> Should, Should we, we say, say it, it on the count of three? Okay, yes. okay, okay, ready? Okay, on the count of three. Okay, so we're gonna do like three, two, one, and then say it. Yeah, okay. yeah. Okay, ready? Three, two, one. The power, power of the, the dog. dog. Yes. <laughs> Wait, who said licorice pizza? <laughs> like, Let's hit playback. <laughs> we can see where the track's coming from. <laughs> wow. Good, good, good. All around good. Yeah. yeah this was an easy one for me. Mm-hmm. I was a little split seeing Drive My Car yesterday, but mm, yeah. I think the Academy Awards has been trying something different every year. And I think this is the year where they're just going to give it to us straight. And I think it's just going to be the power of the dog. I agree. Also, power of the dog had the most nominations of any film in the Oscar season mm. this year. So that's a, that's a pretty hard indicator. And we get like a Netflix win. I don't think Netflix has ever won best picture. Roma. Roma should have one best win. picture. Is that one? the fucking year? Green Book that, We talked about this earlier. Yeah. It might be the green year, green book year. <laughs> the green year. <laughs> the green year. Uh, but yeah, this would be a great, Netflix win, Jane Campion. I don't believe um, she, she had. She didn't win Best Picture. I don't think for the piano, but she oh, got director. No, no, other way around. Best oh, picture, Best Picture I and not won. director. Can you check that? Um, and yeah, fact checking. Green Book won the year Roma was nominated there for Best go. Picture. Fucking wow. that was the same year. Roma, the favorite, and Green Book, and then fucking Green Book. How? I literally lost my mind. Like part of me died that day. I think we were all at the same Academy Awards party, right? Yeah. yeah. Where we were looking at each other like, fuck, nobody guessed that. Like, nobody how? had that. No on one had that. Not a single person. Yeah. Um, wait, what was I fact checking? The piano. Let's see. I've got it. Pulled. Jane Campion oh. won for film. It won the Palm d'Or. I know that. Um, let's see. Best actress for Holly Hunter, supporting actress, Paquin, original screenplay. That uh, it was nominated for eight, but those are the only was three. Was it nominated for best picture? Oh damn! Oh, okay, so she, yeah, this oh, no, it was. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. It was. it was, but she has not won for best director. I don't think she no. has. No. This time. Yeah, because the only best director that was a woman was Catherine Bigelow. Catherine Bigelow. Mm -hmm. So this would be the second if she wins. Uh, oh yeah, did Chloe director. Zhao not win for Nomadland? It, oh, I won best picture. Did it win it best won director? Best picture. Did it win best director? <laughs> Direction? Oh, she she I think did. It did, yeah, because she was the first woman of color. Like, yeah, let's keep it going. Jane Campion dog. fucking deserves it. She does, yeah. None one of those other dudes deserve it. I mean, there's some great films here. I can't lie. Coda, great film. I'm sure. Drive my car, great film. Dune, great. But, but there's also some shit on this list. <laughs> yeah, best picture. They've maxed out. They can no, they can do no more than ten nominations. For some reason, this year they maxed out when they did not have to. Half of these films yeah. can go. Half of and, these films can go. And most of the films are not even the best film by the director that directed them. It is embarrassing that don't, don't look, look up, up on this film. That is sure it's a trash. fine movie. I watched it and I was like, great, that's a movie. Why the fuck? Is it on this list? People are just pretending to care about global warming. Like, you're doing this as like a pity nom for the environment. It doesn't need you. And when I went on Letterboxd to bitch about this movie, the moment the credits rolled, I saw so many reviews that were like, if you don't like it, you didn't understand it. Bitch, I understood it. It was bad. I understood it was bad. I understood it was bad. <laughs> Timothy Chalamet so, could not save this. So heavy handed. Yeah. And that's saying something because he's saved a lot. Yes. And I want to be so clear. It is a fucking gift that it was nominated. That's they should be happy. They should leave with their tail between their legs. 
Same thing for House of Gucci. For whatever one technical award it was nominated for, you're lucky you have that. <laughs> Go home and just be happy you were even included. Oh my God, on a scale of one to 10, how mad is Gaga right now? She's fucking furious. Dude, she, she lived her best life with A Star Is Born and that's more than enough for her. More than enough. And I love Gaga. I love her. But this is not it, John Tucker. I have. I wish we could do an episode about House of Gucci. It's just not even gay enough or subtextual enough. <laughs> but I have so many things to say about Gaga's performance. Maybe we could do like a mini-sode yeah. about that because that I, movie, Jesus. I want an excuse to watch it. Yes. Okay, I'm just going to say, why the fuck is Spencer not on this back picture list? I don't understand. <laughs> How much of a better movie does it need to be? How much better could it possibly be? It's better than licorice Licorice pizza. pizza. Come on, you guys. Nightmare Alley. Like, no offense. I'm embarrassed for the Academy. Like, licorice pizza? Are you kidding me? Come on, you guys. (laughs) Philip Seymour Hoffman is dead. It's unfortunate. We don't need to do this. He's not even in the film. It's his his son. His son is the boy. I just rolled my eyes. I don't know if y'all could hear it. And I think he's a great actor. I don't care. He doesn't need a best picture. No. Jesse no, Plemons no. is already here. My yeah. beloved son of <laughs> I keep forgetting Seymour he's nominated. <laughs> it's uncanny. My successor in mine eyes to Philip Seymour Hoffman would be Jesse Plemons, and he's done his part this year. All right. So how should we wrap this up? Um, we haven't learned anything. <laughs> <laughs> this is the first episode where we haven't learned anything. We just got to be irate about stuff. <laughs> We have a little bit of time, so we're going to replay Olivia Coleman's Best Actress speech. Um, ooh, it's genuinely quite stressful. Um, uh, <laughs> this is hilarious. Gone Oscar. <laughs> um, uh, I have to thank lots of people. If, by the way, I forget anybody, I'm going to find you later. I'm going to give you all a massive snog, and I'm really sorry if I might forget now. Um, but your gosh, my best director in the best film, Snaps and with Emily and Rachel, the two loveliest women in the world to fall in love with and to go to work with every day. I mean, you can imagine. It wasn't a hardship. And to be... To be in this category with these extraordinary women and Glenn Close, I, you've been my idol for so long and this is not it how was, I, I want it to be and I, I think you're amazing. I love you very much. Like, no one saw it. Yeah. And love you all. Um, thank you. Lindy King, my agent who took me on over 20 years ago. Thank you so much. <laughs> and so Olive and Hildy and um, uh, my mum and my dad. <laughs> well, you know, and um, <laughs> and any little girl who's who's practicing their speech on the telly, you never know. And when I, I I used to work as a cleaner, and I loved that job. I did spend quite a lot of my time imagining this. Oh, please wrap up, right? Okay. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> uh, thank you. And my husband Ed, my best friend. I love you so much. 25 years, you've been my best supporter. And he's going to cry. Um, I'm best not. supporting husband. And, um, <laughs> uh, thank hey, you so man. much. I do, oh, thank you so much. Um, Lady Gaga. Lady <laughs> 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 Gaga.
<laughs> if I win anything ever and Lady Gaga's in the audience, I'll be like, fuck Lady Gaga. Lady Gaga. <laughs> you didn't do anything for this, but thank you. <laughs> All right. Well, let's do a quick cheers to the power of the dog and drive my car. May they... May they win. We'll see y'all after the Oscars, folks. That's right, boys. This episode was produced and engineered by Lee Garcia. Your hosts are Lizzie Guitro and Sam De La Fuente. Editing by Lizzie. Music by DJ No. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Letterboxd.